Welcome to the Teacher's Toolkit for Literacy, the free podcast for motivated teachers and school leaders who want to inspire their students and school community in literacy learning. Make sure you subscribe to the show on your favourite podcast player and for more amazing literacy resources, check out the show notes provided with every episode. Welcome back everyone to our podcast on good writers revise and edit their writing as part two of the podcast and um, we're really excited to have you again to join in on this one. All right, let me get back to the seven things that I was going to talk about. So what are the revising strategies we can do? So I'm just going to read through the seven, seven. first. Yep. So we'll call this the magnificent seven. Yeah, although one of them is an editing strategy. Um, All right, so here they are. First of all, rereading. So rereading is a revision strategy. Adding information. Deleting information. Changing a text. Reorganising information. Using tools and techniques. And what I'm calling the seventh, but which is the editing for both conventions and editing using tools. Now, those pieces as an anchor, I have created those as year level, what have I called them, prompt posters, that one of the schools that I'm working with They've got the posters up now in classrooms so that students can readily be reminded of the strategies as they are being taught. So I think we have called them prompt posters. Is that correct, Phil? On TeachFic, we've created a new category called writing process. Within that, you'll find um, a subcategory and in there are these posters Sharon has created. All right, so I've created these posters, you know, really just as visual prompts. But I've also created for each year level, and I think this is actually an important um, piece for leaders, literacy leaders and school leaders to know that like what is the scope of revising and editing that we do across the life of our writers in our foundation to year six classrooms. So at each year level, I've created what's been called an explicit teaching, revising and editing our writing anchor charts. So that each of these seven strategies that I've been talking about have been broken down into their component parts so that you can actually model. You'll have the, the precise strategy that you need to model. Yeah. Um, and they're all on this resource. Yes. So say for rereading, there will be one, you know, that will say good writers reread their writing to remember what they've written so far. And this resource you print it out and then blow it up to A3. Yes. And then at the top of uh, the page is this um, strategy to teach and then yes. and it's blank underneath. 
Yes. Uh, and then the next page, you've got another strategy that you yes. do, do another day. Yes. Um, so they, you, they're the things you model and then you're expecting the kids to then apply that in their own writing. Yeah. To try and build up the routine then so that you can, so if you model it, then they would have a go at that in their writing, revising that writing. And you'd review that. Um, you'd do another little review of that on another day so that it builds a routine of knowing, ah, rereading, I can reread, like that's a good strategy for me to reread before I start writing on another day to remember what it is that I've written so that I can keep going on from there. Mm. Now, real life example, a teacher asked me the other day about their child's writing, that paragraph after paragraph after paragraph after paragraph was actually repeating a lot of things that they'd said before. And it's because they were never rereading what they'd written. They just thought, okay, new day, I'm up to this. Oh, you know what I need to include in here is this bit of information when in fact... They've already used that bit of information or they've already said that. So so these all of these strategies, I don't want anyone to, you know, pass out when they look at a year level and go, Oh my goodness, there's about forty strategies here. Do you teach every one of them? Well, you teach the ones that you find are really going to help your students improve their writing. You're noticing it in their writing as they're writing. That, yes. Oh, this many of them have this one that's in my anchor chart booklet. Um, yeah. yeah. And so therefore, like when you look through this list of, you know, the things that we can teach, pretty much everything there will be, okay, yeah, they're not doing that. <laughs> and so I need to model it. So through a demonstration model it and let them apply it. I think this is the key to it. They need to be able to apply it to the writing that they are doing. Not on a separate activity sheet, but this is about how do I improve my writing? The writing that I've chosen to do about what I want to write. Yeah, yeah. well, or it might be it might be not necessarily that they've chosen to do this might not be free writing this might be I'm writing an information report oh of course mm-hmm. um you know I'm writing but I'm writing something big and meaningful revision is about getting a piece ready for publication so Revising is a critical strategy because we want our students and on our Australian curriculum, we are expecting that students are publishing numerous times during the year. And they're not just a little thing dashed off. They're a big piece of work. They are a substantial and significant piece that has been but publishing created. a number of times through the year rather than just a few yeah. yeah yeah i love the way you've made the booklet into year level specific um books as well because that's an important piece you know i'm, I'm teaching year three i you know these are really apt for my year level yes yeah because how are we going to get them to 
the level that we want. So, so if this is something that's ringing true for you in your school around, you know, what what kinds of revising are our students engaging in with their own work to be creating stronger and stronger mm. pieces? You're really narrowing in on what they need to revise. Yes. So yeah. that really gives them the purpose for it. So we're not going to have students saying, um, I don't know what to do here. You know, Correct. I'm, and I'm, um, you know, I don't see any need to revise my writing. Yeah, yeah. You'll find things like in there, like, you know, looking into a piece and finding, okay, where's my best part? Where's my mm. most mm. exciting part of this? Mm. Mm. Or, um, and why is that important? Because what makes that such a good piece, you know, it's recognising then what's the most exciting part of this all right, so then where might be somewhere where it needs, you know, compared to that, this part seems not so um, not so exciting or not so strong. So, you know, we want to be able to not just go looking for what's wrong, mm. but looking at, okay, what's working here. But all of these, all of these things, so like adding information, Add words or phrases or sentences or text features. Why? To improve the writing. And I think that's what is important about every one of these um, good writer statements that we're making is we're calling them learner actions. And then the reason why. And the reason, so what and why. And we Why think, mm, are we doing this? Why are we revising it to we, improve our writing? And we think that that language is stronger than learning intention. Yes, I do. Yeah. Well, <laughs> learner action. Learner action and then why. Yeah. yeah. Learning intentions, I, I get all of that and I respect all of that, but I, I want more than an, an intention. And so do our students. They need an action. What, what action is do I take? Action yeah. I'm going to mm. take here, and why am I taking why that am I action? Doing it? I mean, I don't want to do it because without a reason. Yeah, no. yeah. So we're really trying to so like deleting information, delete words, sentences, paragraphs, pages, to better express meaning. So it's always trying to give in there the what and the why. Now, when we say delete words, sentences, paragraphs, pages, we're not doing every one of those things. Let's just focus in on one of those at a time to then be able to have in our repertoire to say, hmm, let me just read through my writing today to notice where do I have words or sentences or paragraphs or pages that I don't need that's actually going to make it much clearer what I'm trying to say here. So I think that's just such an important thing. You know, for some children, they go, I am not taking one word, sentence, paragraph or page out of this because I, like, then what? I don't want to lose any of those things. Mm, What's the reason for it? Yeah, but if it's going to better express meaning, mm. 
Now, that's a very generic kind of one because I'm pulling these off the posters and not off the, um, the charts, which are much more specific. But for each of these things, seeing the reason and seeing how it improves our writing, and I think it's still really powerful then for students to be able to and to reflect, what have I done? And we, we always build in reflection Students thinking, what did, what did I do today to improve my writing and how has that been improved? Not just, oh, well, I improved it. How did it improve it? It improved it because it's much clearer what I'm trying to say or, you know, it flows much better because and that kind of language comes through on these charts you know that it's really giving them the insight into this is what teaching our writers is for is to give them insights into the processes that we use not just that we wrote something but what processes are writers using and that's where it's really spelling it out, isn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah. And that's where I want to say you won't have heard me mention at any point yet the word template because our writers don't need templates. They need, and I'm going to just link to the writing traits here, planning and ideas and organisation so organisation, yes, that's a, that's a structure to our writing. But we've got ideas and voice and word choice and sentence fluency and conventions and presentation. We haven't just got, if we've got templated writing, we've constrained our writers by so much. And you're really concentrating on the organisation of the writing rather than all the other things we should be yeah. empowering our writers with. Yeah. So we want to, and we can revise for voice and word choice, um, you know, for changing a text. One of the things we do there is vary word choice. Very, have we just used words over and over again or have we got um, vague parts here that you know we need to think about a better word there so it's not so vague or our transitioning what words are we using to transition in here so word choice is something we can do in revision but we can get that much better when we are thinking not just about I've structured my writing in one way. Um, and we can still talk about organisation, but I think just saying we don't need, it doesn't need to be templated. And I think it's much easier when we don't work with a template to get our students thinking about the piece as a whole rather than this part, this part, this part. So with those that I've mentioned so far, deleting information, adding information, changing a text, this is why that blank page on the left is so handy because I can do a lot of the work on that side. I can put an arrow <laughs> from somewhere to here 
or I can, um, especially with my younger students, with um, you know my five and six year olds, see my writing. This goes back to the publishing piece too. We need a reason to be writing. If our students are doing lots of, we wrote something and it was a one-off. I don't find that very satisfying as a as a teacher or as a I didn't find it satisfying as a child. <laughs> you know, when things were just one-offs. I want things to be something that I get to work on to make it better, to be something that I'm proud of that I have gotten it to this point now. And that's where that publishing is important. It gives a reason for me because what is that publishing about? It means it's there for others to read. And that's what writing's all about. Why do we write? So that we can communicate our thinking to others in a written form. And others can read it, whether we're there or not. I was just thinking, Sharon, that there's a wonderful connection between our last podcast on read alouds mm. and this one because imagine you're reading a text where you're highlighting some of these things and you're charting those words or phrases. I mean, how much, how powerful is that in the students they're writing who want to use more different words that they've never come across before? Yeah. Yeah. Um, how powerful is that to connect the reading and the writing? Yes, and that may be something that the charts that I've made hasn't fully connected to and that is to to literature and to mentor texts as examples, which I think, you know, we do if if we're teaching in a way that does link to mentor texts, then I think we've got even more opportunity to look at what a writer has achieved. Yeah, and a particular aspect that you yeah. want to concentrate on. Yeah, but but the this really is about the actions of being a right. reviser yeah. Yeah. and an editor. So I absolutely agree to know mm, word choice. What could I say instead of this? And so, yes, what resources are going to let me... So thesauruses or content area vocab charts that we've got in the room, or uh, words that we've collected. We can be using those things and resources, these using tools and techniques, or particularly, you know, editing. What tools can we use there? Dictionaries. You know, have we got the right word? Is it the word we... Has it got the right meaning that we want? So we've got this um, wonderful resource, two resources on the site one is um the posters and the other uh, the anchor charts on teachific yes yeah yeah and like i said it looks like a lot of things in those anchor charts because i think i don't know maybe year six might be about 50 of them Mm. um you don't have to do them all no. no but but they but each of these things well i would do them all you see right I would want to bring all of those strategies to my students because these haven't just been plucked out of anywhere. These mm. are things that at year level, like what is it that we are doing and choosing and using? Because this is what we're getting to with each of these strategies is that they can become so much of a routine in my writing life that I have got 
that to choose and use. Yeah, all of these strategies have been researched um, strongly over many years and yeah. are good writer strategies for each year level. Yes. Yeah. 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 They are year level specific and they Yes. Yeah. And each of them for those in Australia, the Australian curriculum link for you know, where do we find the link for that? I have put for each year level in the anchor charts what the Australian curriculum says in the content descriptions about creating texts. So in creating texts, yes, we need to not only be creating them, but thinking about, so from year three up, it will talk about plan, draft, revise, publish. Actually, I think they use the word edit. So edit, revising is very different from just an edit, but here it really kind of refers to the notion of revision. And I, I just wanted to add in there too that um, in all the schools that have brought this up recently is I say we're not we're noticing our students not doing you know the revising even when it comes to you know in a standardized testing situation where they've got time to revise that they're not doing it. It's because they don't know what to do. And it hasn't been a routine. That's right. And so if I haven't got that as part of my headset of I can draft because that's essentially what any of those pieces are. It's a draft, but how can I revise that? What can I choose and use to do to just go back over that and, yes, I can edit for conventions, but what if I reread it because I could hear myself, I can still hear my 20-something-year-old self saying to my class, you know, just reread it. Reread for what? Reread for meaning? Reread for grammar? Reread for punctuation? Reread for what are we asking them to reread for? That's where the anchor chart will help you. It details that. It details that. Um, you know, where do I add information because I've missed something. There's detail to that one. There's detail to that. Where do I delete things? There's detail, detail. to that for every year level. Changing a text. Well, how do I vary or find things? There's detail for that. So Reorganising information. There's detail for that. How do I rearrange and revise things, including drawings? So there's detail around all of those things so that you know, we might still say, okay, yeah, we know that, you know, we want them to do those things, but what are they? And that's where these charts, I'm hoping, will be a bit of gold for people to say, oh, my goodness, that's the thing that we can just one at a time try that, well, see it modelled, apply it for themselves in their own writing and going, huh, this is me improving my writing. So going back to our struggles, we're going to have students who don't struggle to revise their writing. That's our that's that our goal. goal. Yeah. yeah. To to be able to have, as we say, know from what they can choose yep. 
and use. So we have loved sharing this with you today, guys, and we hope you can use this in your classroom to better the revising and editing of your, or students actually revising and editing their work. To improve, to improve their writing, to see that what they've got there as their first bit, they have got the, they've got the insight into what to do. And up on Teach, if you've got these resources to really support you at your year level. So become a member and you will be able to get those resources for free. Um, Sharon, well done today. Great, great job. And um, we're going <laughs> Thank to... you. I'm sorry I go on and on and on. And I, as mm. we say, that's why we will do a webinar around um, this aspect because it's hard I just think everyone listening is extraordinary and going, okay, I'm just listening to that. What does that look like? You don't get to see what that looks like here. That's where we're opening up a webinar around that. Yeah. You can come and see a little bit more about what does that look like. And Sharon, we like you going on and on. <laughs> we think that'd be better than off and off. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Thank you. Use that. It's yours. <laughs> Yeah, now I won't be quiet about that one. <laughs> yeah. Now for another little section in our podcast, Sharon's going to share a couple of books with us. Yes. Yeah. And once again, why these books? Um, because they are books that have been that have come up in this last week, and I've oh, last couple of weeks. It's come up a couple of times, um, and they are all books that have to. We've been talking with some. Year ones and two teachers around. So, this time of year, so this is sort of Septemberish, we're heading in, you know, in Australia, we're heading towards, you know, the latter part of the school year. And I've been working with some teachers thinking about their planning for next term. So, they're, I got to meet with them now. So, um, I love with this school that we get to plan together via Zoom and we sit with what's the unit that they're doing next and we their writing unit and we plan together. Yeah, that's great. With that. And so in this in this school, you know, they've sort of looked across the year at what they've the writing that they've done and they've done a little bit of imaginative writing. It kind of came to or narrative writing and they said, All right, recount we could do a recount, but actually we've done, you know, we do a lot of recount in lots of different ways. So they decided that their piece that was just right for their moving forward was a personal narrative. So not a recount of something, but a narrative of something personal. So we then went looking for mentor texts and... There are so Margaret May's book, A Summary Saturday Morning, a lovely book that's all about heading off beautiful rhythm to it, has got rhyme to it, but this lovely rhythm and adventure of this summary Saturday morning has got a pattern and structure to it. But then we also looked into and I went into my personal vault, um, into a book that I wrote in 
Well, it was published in 1998 and it's called I Miss You and it is, for me, a personal narrative. It's about you and your grandpa. Yes. Mm. And so a personal narrative, of course, is written in first person. can be written in third person, but for our year ones and twos, we've gone with first person because that's... That's easier. (laughs) It's a good place for them to begin with, a personal narrative. So the book I Miss You actually happens to be in, it's just a very short chapter book and each chapter of just a few pages following in a particular structure is, is all about, yes, this story of different things, each chapter, different things that I did with my grandpa. So what we're going to do with that book, because we think that's actually not because I wrote it, but because actually it gives you an example of me as teacher of something, and I didn't write it as a mentor text, but it is a book that we are, because it was published in 1998, some of you may still find it in your classroom libraries because... I have come across it in some schools still in classroom libraries or school libraries. But it is a book because we have the rights to it, wonderfully illustrated by Craig Smith. Um, We will have that available as a PDF. On Teachific. On Teachific. If you go under, I think we'll put it under text, Sharon. And I think we'll also put it when we have that section because... um, well, I've been working so hard, folks. We're going to have a whole lot of writing units yep. coming up there and there'll be personal narratives and we may put even put it into that into um, section as well. But um, we do still have some hard copies of that one available. So up on the site, if it's of interest to you, you'll be able to use it from there as a mentor text as PDF. Um, Will you be able to project it? Is that even the word? Have it up on your screen. Um, But if you're interested in a hard copy, email us and we'll send that forward. So I miss you. Actually, can I just read the first part of it? Chapter one. My grandpa lives alone and I live just around the corner. My grandpa looks after himself and sometimes I help. My grandpa says his eyes don't work so well anymore but mine are still like new. So when I go to my grandpa's, I tell him, never fear, Magdalene's here, and we do lots of jobs together. And then each chapter from there tells of the things that we do together. It's a beautiful story. And I I must say, Sharon, it won the Notable Book Award. No, it didn't win, but it was on the Notable Book... Award? um, Children's Book Council Notable Book List... In that for year. 1998, mm. yeah, mm. yeah. So no, I am, I am very proud of that book. Mm. Yeah, and the other, there's two more books that I just want to mention. Roald Dahl's book, Boy, Tales of Childhood. Every chapter is a personal narrative. So, depending on what year level I was working with, that would be that would give me. It's all in first person. And some of those stories I would definitely pull out for. So for our year ones and twos, the Great Mouse Plot, 
about the children going into the lolly shop, um, you know, maybe a narrative that I read and we can use as a mentor text there. It's not a very long story. So Roald Dahl's Boy, Boy yep. Tales of Childhood. And another of Roald Dahl's books that I no longer have the copy of, but I must order another one. And when I was talking about with the teachers, it is still available, so we can get it. And that's the book called My Year. It was published after Roald Dahl died, but it's a diary in first person of each month of the year and the things that are the strong the strong memories and the strong feelings he has for each of the months of the year. So they are some, and I know there's lots of other personal narratives around, but they are some that I think are really worth chasing up. And, oh, plus I will mention one more, Alison Lester's Are We There Yet? So that car trip around Australia. I don't know it's entirely around Australia, but it's the big um, family car trip. And so once again, we've got this lovely narrative, but page by page, um, different events, different stories. So there are some personal narratives that people might find useful in getting children to be, well, as useful mentor texts. Thank you, Sharon. Just winding up today. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. We've loved to see that so many of you have subscribed to our episodes from all corners of the world. The Teacher's Toolkit podcast is all about giving you an insider's guide to top teaching ideas, tools, techniques in literacy, teaching and learning. Please subscribe to our weekly newsletter via the website. You'll receive advanced notice on blogs, podcasts, events and ways to contact us. Thank you all. And thank you, Sharon. All the best to you, our listeners. Thank you, Phil. All the best, everyone. Catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the podcast. To make sure you don't miss any literacy learning tips and insights, please subscribe to our show on your favourite podcast player. At Q Learning, our literacy specialists draw on over 30 years of teaching and international consulting experience to deliver world-class learning solutions. We equip, empower and support teachers to become their authentic selves. To find out about upcoming webinars and about how Q can help you and your school, visit qlearning.com.au. And you can get even more amazing teaching resources right now at teachific.com.au. Stay tuned.